Welcome to the Towards Understanding podcast, and I absolutely love this story that we get to share today. Two ladies who are far more courageous and brave than I am. My special guests on the phone, uh, they're both on the phone uh, from written the book Captive in Iran. Uh, they've just been out on a recent tour with Open Doors as well. Maryam and Marazai is joining me. How are you, ladies? How, we are fine, thank you. Thank you for having us. It's wonderful to, to have you, to share your journey. And uh, it's a journey here which is uh, very harrowing in some parts and uh, has a, a remarkable sense of hope at the end. Uh, but we do need to go through that uh, tough stuff at the start. You, you both grew up in Iran. Um, how did you, you, you come to become Christians in Iran, which I um, understood is you know, very much a, a majority Muslim country? Yeah, it's a, a long story if you want to share, but um, and this is Marzia. I, I, um, from my childhood, I uh, loved God and uh, I did uh, research about Him, but because of uh, I was born in an Islamic country, it was impossible to get my answers. I had many questions about Islamic rules and the idea that um, Muslims have, uh, have about God. Uh, for example, I, I had some questions about uh, why I had to speak to my God in Arabic instead of my native language, Farsi, because we speak Farsi, Persian, not Arabic. And um, the image that Muslims have of God is uh, one who rules over, over the human race and punish them for the slightest sins. And um, they, in Islam, it's most about the punishment. And there were many other questions. I had many struggles uh, with those things, and I couldn't accept uh, those beliefs in uh, Islam. And the first time God spoke to me through one of my dreams, uh, in that dream, he revealed uh, his love and he revealed the real face of Muslim and Islam to me through a white horse. It's a long story, but um, after that, I uh, I did some researches. I heard the message of salvation from one of my friends. And after that, I did uh, some researches about um, Islam, about other religion. Uh, and also, I had the experience of healing uh, in the church for the first time when I attended the church I had the experience of healing uh, and um, I had many uh, experiences I had seen many miracles and many dreams uh, and uh, also I had the experience of ba- baptizing by Holy Spirit and because of all these experiences I converted to Christianity and I can say uh, because in Iran we couldn't attend in any church, uh, I, I always tell people um, no one had forced me into anything or keep, uh, or uh, teaching me about um, uh, Christianity. I experienced Jesus and I learned how to live with Him, how to walk with Him, and I had many experiences with Him. That's why I converted to Christianity. Yeah, Mazia, how old were you at this time? Uh, at that time, I was uh, around seventeen. Yeah. Uh, tell me, um, what was it like as you, you grew up as Christians in Iran? Uh, I'm assuming it was pretty difficult. Yes, this is Mariam. Uh, you know, we both grew up in Iran. Um, and as you know, Iran is an Islamic country where religious laws and regulations always stop people from knowing the truth. And most people in Iran suffer from this um, Islamic rules and especially from this government because people do not have any freedom. They do not have freedom of worship. They can't even choose how to think and they they are forced to follow these Islamic rules and practice these Islamic rules. Otherwise, they may lose their benefits. I remember from childhood when we were at the school, we were forced to read Quran or other Islamic books or pray namaz that is in Arabic, even though we didn't know Arabic. But we were forced to do these things. And um, 
And, you know, especially in workplaces, in public workplaces, you have to follow these rules. Otherwise, you know, you, you get into trouble uh, by the government. That's why um, we believe that, you know, most people in Iran um, are just born as a Muslim. They don't believe in Islam. And Islam was the, was the religion that uh, was forced to our country. And people do not like this religion and this government. And um, that, that's the reason that most people these days are tired of these Islamic rules and they are so open to, um, you know, to hear about Jesus and to hear about the message of salvation. Mm. You were certainly um, open about sharing about your faith and this experience of Jesus that you had, and that ultimately led you um, to one of the more notorious prisons in, in Iran as well um, for being arrested for sharing your faith. Could you take us through uh, sort of briefly what that experience was like of actually uh, realizing, hey, we're about to be arrested here, and, and then we want to talk about your time in prison too. Uh, yeah, it was um, after I converted to Christianity. A few years after that, I decided to go to Turkey for studying uh, theology courses. It was uh, 2005 that I met Mayam in Turkey for the first time. And after uh, finishing our theology courses, we decided to return to Iran uh, because we both had the same passion about our country, about our people. And uh, because we had many experiences with uh, Jesus, we tasted his love and we had seen many miracles. That's why we wanted to uh, to come back to our country and uh, give this message to our people. And even though we knew that how much is dangerous to doing mission in Iran. And when uh, we returned to Iran, uh, we started our first mission. We decided to distributing Bibles in uh, Tehran because uh, in Iran there is just a false and distorted version of Bible, which is called uh, Barnabas Bible. And in that Bible, it says that um, after Jesus, uh, Muhammad uh, will come and Jesus was a prophet, which is not true. And that's why we decided to put uh, the right Bible in people's hands. And we asked our pastor, uh, he was in London, and asked him to send thousands of New Testaments to Iran. And they um, they had to find an illegal way to smuggle all those New Testaments. And then we started our first mission in Tehran. Uh, we uh, we uh, we wanted to cover all part of uh, Tehran. That's why we bought a map and we started from the north of Tehran to the south. And uh, we usually carried about um, 140 New Testaments uh, at night in uh, one area in Tehran and put them in the mailboxes. And after almost three years, we could distribute 20,000 New Testaments in uh, different parts of Tehran. And also we had uh, two house churches. One of them uh, was for prostitute and the other one for young people and every day we were talking to people and as Mariam explained most of Iranian they were very open and receptive uh, because um, because of these Islamic rules and uh, we could share the message of salvation with many Iranian people and because of all these activities some people had report about some of our activities and Iranian government arrested us in 2009. Mm. Now you went to a rather notorious prison is it Evin is that how I say it? Yes it's Evin prison. Yeah uh, now this is a, a prison that's pretty notorious for its interrogation methods it's it's um, torture, sometimes very swift and sudden executions as well. I mean, it must have been a, a real spirit of fear that you went in there with. It certainly didn't stay that way for you. How did you actually, as you, you, you found yourselves in this prison, um, what was your, your first impressions? And then take us through a bit of the, the journey that you actually decided that we, we're not going to let this, this fear idea beat us. Yeah, um, actually, before going to Evin Prison, they um, 
kept us in another detention, which is called Bozara detention. Again, it's a famous um, detention. It's a small jail in Tehran. It's um, in the basement. And I remember from the first day, we had long hours of interrogation. We were both so scared. We were pale. We couldn't speak because, you know, their behavior is so cruel. And um, we always uh, tell people that the guards in Iran are so uh, different from guards in Western countries because they don't even have to say anything. By looking at their faces, you can feel the fear. And I remember from the first day we were threatened to physical torture. We had um, interrogation by um, many people, many guards. And, uh, um, you know, after the interrogation, after, in the first day, they sent us to a jail which was in the basement, and we had to sleep on freezing and filthy floor with no carpet. Um, and, um, you know, the condition in that detention was awful. We did, for 14 days, we didn't have anything to eat or uh, drink. We couldn't take shower. We couldn't brush our teeth. Um, we couldn't see the light, and we were under so much pressure. And later, after uh, that, the first 14 days, they transferred us to Evin Prison, um, as you mentioned, which is notorious for arresting, torturing, raping, and executing of many innocent people. And physically, both of us were under so much pressure. And I remember for the first few days, we would just pray for our release. But um, I can say the only thing that really helped us stand that difficult condition and encouraged us was the presence of God with us. And we could uh, see his miracles, um, you know, through our prayers for other prisoners. And uh, from the first day in the, in the detention and later in Evin prison, we believe we had great opportunity to share the message of salvation with many women in, uh, in uh, that detention and later in Evin prison because most of those women um, in that prison were so hopeless. Um, and, you know, as you know, people in, people in Iran are under so much pressure, and especially women, because they don't have any right in Islam, and we believe um, they were so hopeless. Uh, that's why we believe we had great opportunity to talk to them about God's forgiveness in Jesus, about God's grace and God's love, and they were so open to hear this message. They would pray loudly, they would confess their sins, they would give their hearts to Jesus, which was really encouraging for us, and we believe that God really changed that detention and later even prison uh, to a church for us because we 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 could share the gospel with uh, many prisoners um, very openly and you know we were more free in prison to share the gospel with prisoners. That was the reason that uh, we could um, you know we were so encouraged and we knew that God had a plan for. Uh, for us, for, for putting us in that dark place mm. and uh, because we could see his miracles. Towards Understanding with Clayton Bielan continues next. Share your brand, your event, your message. Across 90 Christian radio stations and major cities in Australia and New Zealand by sponsoring Towards Understanding, hosted by Clayton Bielan. More than 210,000 people tune into Towards Understanding each week. And with just one sponsorship, you'll reach this immense engaged audience. Find out more about this exciting and unique opportunity now on the sponsorship page at positivemedia.com.au. Towards Understanding is the program and we are all about hearing the personal stories of our guests and then taking from that, what does it mean for me in my life? How do I understand this world better? How do I even understand myself better? I, I want to come back to, to some of the miracles that happened and I, I, you know, I understand you may not even be able to use people's names specifically, but just a couple of things you, you mentioned there. You, you said you're under a lot of pressure um, and also there was that sort of intense... Was the pressure to... Um, uh, you know, deny Jesus? Was, was that what the, the pressure was? Was there, there other pressures uh, going on there as well? 
Yes, the most uh, pressure was uh, uh, for uh, denying our faith. Well, I remember uh, in Evin Prison, there is another building. Uh, it's called 209, and it's a security building. There are many solitary cells in that building, and they usually send uh, political prisoners in that building for interrogation and torturing, and they transferred us for 40 days in that building for interrogation. And once a week... Um, we had a very heavy interrogation. We were separated, and um, um, for example, for nine hours, eight, nine hours, we had to sit on a metal chair, blindfolded, and answer to their uh, questions. And most of the time, they tried to convince us to deny uh, our faith in Jesus, otherwise we would execute it by hanging. Also, um, we had almost 10 courts, and in each court, uh, our judges threatened us to execution by hanging, and they uh, they 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 told us that if you just write one sentence and uh, tell that uh, you converted from Christian Christianity to Islam, we would re- release you immediately. Mm. Uh, uh, I can't imagine the 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 moment to to be in that. You know, people who have a, have a faith and have a Christian faith and say, absolutely, I'll I'll go to the nth degree to to you know stand with Jesus. But I'd I'd imagine it would be awfully hard in that moment to to continue going forward with that and to continue actually making sure that you know you know God obviously gave you strength in that moment. Yes, of course. Um, you know we. Um we believe that the most important reason that uh, we could stand on our faith and we couldn't deny Jesus when we were in prison was the personal relationship that we had with him. Um, we both, uh, you know, tasted his love. Uh, we met with Jesus and we had seen many miracles in our lives. We believe that we are not just followers of religious truth and we hadn't just converted to a Christian religion. We are both in love with Jesus and that's why, because we tasted his love, uh, we gave our hearts to Jesus and that's why we couldn't deny him when we were in prison. And uh, we both believe that it was really an honor for us to suffer for our faith when we were in prison. And if you um, read the Bible, um, Jesus himself in the Bible says, if you wish to follow me, you must pick up your own cross and follow me every day. And as followers of Jesus, it was very important for us to pass through these tests with victory. And, uh, you know, we always tell people that we give all the glory to God because without his presence, we, we say that we couldn't even stand one day in prison because, as we mentioned, the condition was so difficult. Um, people can read the book, Captive in Iran. We try to explain it was difficult to, um, you know, express that, that condition by just using words. But the condition was so difficult for us. And the only thing that really helped us to stand that kind of difficult situation was the presence of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. Mm. Uh, tell me briefly about um, some of those people that uh, you actually got to, sh- to share with. And I understand you might not be able to use names even, or you might even you know, just need to say about how many people you got to share. But you mentioned that you almost felt like that was the plan God had for you, that uh, you went to one of those darkest places in Iran to, to allow and find that you actually were, were relatively free compared to else, other places to, to share Jesus. Is there, is there one person's life particularly, or is there just multiple people's lives that you go, that's, that's why we were there? Yeah, there are many uh, prisoners that uh, we talk to them, and if people read the book, they can see there are uh, many stories that how God showed his power, showed his miracles among those prisoners. I remember for the first few months, uh, there were some prisoners that they were prejudiced Muslims, and they called us dirty Christian because they believed that if you convert from Islam to any other religion, you are infidel and dirty. And also, the guards, their, be- their behaviors with us was um, uh, very bad, but uh, after a few months, 
ones got uh, really changed that situation for us. For, for example, those people came to us and they apologized uh, because of their behaviors. And also there were some guards that they came to us and apologized. And they asked us even uh, to pray for them. And we believe that it was a miracle because they could see the power of God through our prayers. They could see uh, God's miracle among prisoners. And because of uh, all those things, they, uh, they completely changed. For example, uh, there were one prisoner... Um, she was uh, a drug uh, smuggler, and she had sentenced to uh, life to stay in prison. And it was about 15 years that she was in that prison. And uh, one day they transferred her to our cell. And uh, the, from the first day that they transferred to our cell, I felt in my heart that I need to pray for her. Uh, and uh, I started praying for her. And after a few days, I started talking to her about uh, Jesus, about God. But uh, she had problem with God. And uh, it was interesting that every day she was praying namaz, but she had a big problem with God. And I, when I told her that God loves her, she didn't accept, and she became so angry and told me, no, I don't accept such a thing. I believe uh, God doesn't like me because it's uh, all, almost 15 years that I am in this prison, and I should be stay here for whole my life. And um, and uh, one day I had a dream about her, that in my dream I was uh, giving fish to all prisoners, and she came to me and asked for the biggest fish and I gave her the biggest uh, fish and after this dream, uh, the day after that I uh, shared this dream uh, with her uh, in front of uh, all uh, old prisoners in the room there were about 30 prisoners in the room and I shared this dream uh, with her and um, I uh, I told her that I believe that uh, this room that you entered is the last room that you entered, and I believe that God loves you and loves you, and uh, you you will be released from uh, this room very soon, about almost six months. And I believe that at that time, Holy Spirit put those words in my mouth, and I told her uh, in front of all the prisoners in the room, and uh, it was very interesting that exactly after six months, she got a uh, pardon, and um, she couldn't believe, and uh, when. Uh, um, she heard such a thing. She started crying and she apologized me and she told me, uh, Marzia, I'm so sorry that I couldn't uh, believe your God, but now I understood that your God is uh, very uh, real. And I gave her a cross as a, as a gift and she promised me to, uh, to keep that cross and she promised me after she got uh, released to, uh, to follow Jesus, to find a church and follow Jesus. And it was interesting that I, when I shared this uh, with uh, her in front of all prisoners, all the prisoners could see such a miracle. And mm -hmm. there were many uh, like this, that when we were praying for uh, prisoners, when uh, God are uh, doing some miracles like this, and all prisoners, they could see that there is a power uh, in our prayers, and they could see His miracles. That's why they, um, they started changing their behavior with us. Mm. Uh, final uh, two things I, w I want to ask. Uh, firstly is... Um, it was nine months until you you were released. So I want to ask sort of that that period after that. What was it like to to you know sort of leave prison? Uh, what happened once it finished? I, I think you actually have to le leave the country, and uh, and then we'll get to to your message for us today. But could you take us firstly through um, what was it like to actually leave that prison, and, and then the sort of the, the ensuing things that have to happen, which meant you actually did leave. Uh, yes, I remember the day that uh, we got released. Um, uh, we were so happy about the victory that God gave to us. Uh, but uh, uh, on the other hand, we were not happy because, um, you know, uh, we believe that part of our heart is still in that prison, and we had to leave our friends behind. 
we knew that how much is difficult for them to stay in that horrible uh, prison. That's why it was very difficult for us, and uh, we were not happy to leave our friends. And after uh, we left the prison, uh, the Iranian government in the last uh, court, they threatened us. They uh, told us that we are uh, going to release you, but we can't guarantee uh, your safety here uh, because um, there are many prejudiced uh, Muslims in Iran that they uh, know your story and um, maybe one day uh, your house uh, catch a fire or you will, or you will die in an, uh, by accident. And we can't stop those people. And they threaten us, uh, you know, that they told us, if you want to live in this country, uh, you may die in future. That's why we had to leave uh, our country and we came to Turkey. Uh, we had to stay there for one year for getting our visa. And we started to writing uh, all those stories because um, we felt this uh, burden in our hearts to be a voice for our friends, for those who doesn't have any voice, because uh, we believe that God had a purpose uh, to put us in that uh, brutal place in order to see those injustices, in order to be a voice for our friends. That's why we started writing all those stories. And then uh, when we got our reserve and uh, when we came to, uh, when we went to the to America, we uh, we could publish our book captive in Iran. And now we are speaking um, in different churches, different uh, countries, different uh, schools, conferences, in order to spread this message, in order to bring awareness and educate and educated people about what is going on in those countries like Iran. It's not just about Iran. There are many countries like Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iraq, that people are suffering just because of their faith. And we feel this responsibility in our hearts to be a voice for our friends and those people who doesn't have any voice. Well, you you truly are remarkably inspiring in in that God has um, had two very faithful servants who have been, uh, you know, uh, standing for what he believes in, certainly in incredible ways. Uh, Just finally, and I know we've gone over time, so thank you so much for for taking the time to to spend with us. Um, What message do you leave for those of us who who call ourselves Christian here in Australia, a country that uh, has, uh, you know, far more religious freedom uh, from your country of Iran? What's your message for us? You know, we always um, encourage people not to take their freedom for granted. As you know, we are now living in America, a free country. And uh, when we speak to people who are living in free countries, we always tell them that, you know, this freedom that we have in these countries, it's really a blessing and valuable gift from God. We must appreciate this freedom. And also we, we should use this freedom in order to be a voice for those people in the countries that need our hope our help and need our support. And uh, we would like to encourage Australian people to get involved and uh, support their brothers and sisters because as Bible uh, says, we are all parts of one body. If one part suffers, every part should suffer with it. And there are many people who are still in different prisons, different uh, countries. They suffer only because they believe in Jesus' name. And we believe that if we are part of this church, if you are part of this body, we need to feel responsible for those people. We believe there are many ways that people can can get involved and can help and support those people. They can always pray for them because 
when we were in prison, um, I remember after two or three months when we heard about people's prayers, we became so encouraged and we could feel the power of prayers. And we believe after God's grace, the second reason that we got released is because of people's prayers and people's support. Because when we were in prison, we also heard that we were receiving uh, about 50 letters every day from different parts of the world. And Christians uh, would write to us uh, and they would show their support. And that's why, um, you know, they put pressure on the Iranian government. And that, that was one of the reasons that we, we got released. Um, and that's why we always encourage people to write letters for those people who are in prison. I, be, I believe that they can find the names of those prisoners on uh, Christian organizations' website like Open Doors. And um, they can find the instruction how they can write letters to prisoners and, you know, bring awareness. We believe that this, um, this kind of support, like sending letters to prisoners, can make a huge difference. And uh, we know that the governments, like Iranian government, are scared of publicity. And uh, by this kind of publicity, they, we can change the lives of those people who are in these uh, prisons. We can always um, sign petitions. We can um, talk to our friends, families, um, the, our government, politicians, and ask them to put pressure on governments like Iran and um, in order to, to change uh, the lives of those people. And actually, we can, uh, by this support, we can save their lives. Mm. Well, we wish you all the best as you continue to the, uh, share the incredible message of Jesus through your story as uh, you are around the world. And we thank you so much for your uh, faithfulness to God and faithfulness to Jesus to, to have the, the encouragement, the inspiration, which I'm sure you're going to have through a whole host of people who are listening uh, right now, but also those who'll read your book, uh, A Captive in Iran, as well. Thank you so much, uh, Mazier and uh, Mariam. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for doing interview. Thank you so much. It was a blessing for us. I hope, uh, like I have, you've been as impacted by hearing that story today. Uh, it is quite remarkable, isn't it? This is Towards Understanding. Only one sponsorship reaches 90 Christian radio stations and major cities across Australia and New Zealand. Towards Understanding, hosted by Clayton B. Ellen. Find this exciting opportunity on the sponsorship page at positivemedia.com.au.